Greetings, nerds. My name is Mike Perna. I'm the president of Inroads Ministries, and it is my privilege to welcome you to the tabletop track here at LTNCon. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit about this concept that we've built at Inroads called the Open Table, what it looks like, why it's important, and even some of the challenges about making it a part of your gaming ministry. But before I get into any of that, I'm probably going to spend a little bit of time with you right now explaining who I am and, and who we are, because so much of that, our philosophy, is baked into this concept that it kind of lays the groundwork for what I'm going to talk to you about the rest of this time we're together. If you haven't noticed the pun, I'm going to just lay it out for you. At Inroads, we work with church and community groups to help them use board games, card games, and tabletop role-playing games to help build meaningful, powerful relationships in their communities that, that demonstrate the love of God across the gaming table. And if you've ever played in a role-playing game, whether that's on the table or in video game form, you know that your party will eventually end up at the inn. Whether it's to rest up after you had a particularly bad battle, whether it's to get supplies, whether it's to talk to the shady cloaked figure that's sitting by the fireplace for some reason, who totally doesn't have a sign over his head that says, I'm here to give you a quest. Or I remember being a kid and playing the original Final Fantasy on the NES and you literally couldn't save your game if you didn't go to the inn. You were mechanically forced to go there. So if all roads lead there, of course we want to be there. But that's just the one level. There's another level of this that is birthed out of a quote from a famous pastor, professor, speaker, author. He does a little bit of everything. His name is Chuck Swindoll. And he has a pretty famous illustration about what the local church is supposed to look like. And I'm going to share the entirety of that with you right now because it is so perfect that I do not want to miss any of the words that he uses. The neighborhood bar is possibly the best counterfeit that there is to the fellowship Christ wants us to give his church. It's an imitation dispensing liquor instead of grace, escape rather than reality, but it is a permissive, accepting, and inclusive fellowship. It is unshockable. It is democratic. You can tell people secrets, and they usually don't tell others or even want to. The bar flourishes not because most people are alcoholics, but because God has put into the human heart the desire to know and be known, to love and be loved. And so many seek a counterfeit at the price of a few beers. Quite frankly, I love a few beers, and I, I even enjoy them while I'm playing games. That's not the point. The point is that other part of that line, that God has built into all of us the desire to know and be known, to love and be loved. The idea that the bar, they don't care who you are. They know that they love you. They want you to be there. I can't get away from the idea of, of Norm from Cheers and everyone shouting his name every time he walks in, that they pull out his seat because it's his seat. Not because he's anything special, but he's just Norm and Norm sits there. 
I love the idea that there is a place that you don't have to explain yourself. There is in, especially in these fragmented times, that is something that I have always loved, but have a great appreciation for now. It's greater than it's ever been in the past for me. The idea to enter into a space where you are known that you don't have to spend 20 minutes explaining why something is important to you, why you think a certain way that they, they just know. And the idea, I, I, the other line that I love in this quote is the idea of permissive, accepting, and inclusive. That right there is what we mean by an open table. When we tell you that the, the core of gaming ministry is built off of an open table, we have this image of your friendly local game store on open gaming night when there are just people who are sitting and are waiting for one other person, two other people, to come down and sit with them to play this game. That anybody can take that spot. That that seat is open to whoever wants to be there. I love doing that at conventions. I love just stepping into random games. I love the, the stuff that happens there. Because we did this ministry realizing that there is something special about the game table. There is something, <laughs> I don't know what everybody's thoughts about this word would be, but I'm going to use it anyway because it's perfect. There is something magical that happens there. Now, God can do what he wants, where he wants, through whatever means he wants, but for those of us who have been in this space for a while, there is something truly wonderful that he does in this space because we have seen people who would otherwise never associate with each other spend hours together and have it be a beautiful experience that is something that that you can't manufacture I, I wish I could find some way to, to do that other than just throw people at a table and say, play this game together. If I could do that in some kind of other way that I could market, I, I would never have to work another day in my life. I have seen it. I've seen it across denominations and Christian churches. I've seen it work with people who are, are vastly different political views. I've seen it from, I've seen it cross economic backgrounds uh, national backgrounds. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it literally transcend language. There are certain dice games that I can play that literally you don't even need to speak the same language and you can play together. But in order to get to that place, everybody has to know that they are welcome. They have to know that this is a permissive, accepting and inclusive fellowship, that this is a place where they can be known and they can know us. That this is a place where they are loved as much as they love us. In order to do this, the gaming spaces that we've created to facilitate this idea of an open table, to make sure that everyone feels welcome, is to establish what we, we coined the term the no preaching rule. And sometimes that, I, I wish I came up with a different name for it, because that idea makes some people uncomfortable. When they hear that, they think, oh, you, you, how can you even call it ministry if you're not willing to talk about God? And 
That's not what the no preaching rule is. The no preaching rule simply states this. We are not going to preach you a sermon that you, one, were not made aware of before time, or you didn't ask us to give you. See, we talk about God all the time at these things, but it's not with an agenda. It's not to get anything. It's simply because we have a firm belief that if God is important to you, you don't have to manufacture moments where you talk about him. You don't have to create spaces where, where God's going to get him. We just, we love God and he's important to us. When we pray for things, we talk about it. When we struggle with things, we talk about it. When we're really angry and frustrated that God isn't answering a prayer, guess what? We don't give that to just everybody at the table, but once you get to a certain point in the relationship, we definitely share that kind of stuff because it's who we are. And there's something, there's something there at that table. When you've shared enough games, when you have enough of that, of what we refer to as common history, it starts off simple and it starts off with things like we both remember that time that Tim flipped the card and it was the exact card he needed to obliterate the rest of the table. We have that time when, when Anne rolled the dice and all she needed to do was not roll a seven. And she absolutely rolled that seven we all know about the critical twenties. We all know about the natural ones. We all have that in these spaces that starts off a beautiful relationship because that allows us to skip a lot of the small talk. It allows us to skip a lot of the awkward tension of, of we're going to get to know each other because we have these things. All we need to do is get everybody to the table. Now, what does that even look like? It means that again, we institute the no preaching rule. Don't try to preach at a gamer. It's not going to, to have the desired effect that you want it to have. More often than not, not only is that just because it's awkward. I actually wrote up an article once where I talked about the idea that I set up this this proverb, you know, this hypothetical game of Catan, where literally it all comes down to that that time towards the end of the game where depending on what one or two people roll can literally change who wins. And I, I had that moment where the, the person's standing up and is ready to roll the dice, and as they're about ready to roll the dice, they say, all right, everybody, stop, because we're going to have you sit here and, and listen for 20 minutes to this speaker talk about something important. You have ruined that game. You have ruined that moment. And quite frankly, you may have ruined the opportunities for some really interesting relationship building at that table because that moment is gone. You have robbed them of that moment in time that they shared together. They didn't get a chance to share it together because you needed them to listen to somebody. So there's that. I am a, a firm believer that the gospel should not be reduced to a timeshare presentation where you invite somebody to see the cool thing only to, to sell them on a product because 
that's really what it feels like sometimes. And I've perpetrated that for years in youth ministry before I started doing this. So I'm not just accusing other people of doing it. I did it. And it, the more I looked back on it, I just felt dirty. The gospel should be something that is, is powerful and moving. It's life changing. It is literally an experience that we have with the almighty. It should not be so small. So what do you do if you're not going to have a gospel presentation, if you're not going to to constantly be mining conversations for those moments to interject the gospel, what do you do? And really what how you enact the open table is about, frankly, just shutting up. And the only things that you should be saying are about rules, gameplay and asking questions about the person at your table. You should want to learn about who they are, what they care about, what frustrates them. See, what we've discovered over, over years of doing this is that there's a lot of different people that will come to an event like this that aren't part of your church, that aren't part of your fellowship. Some of them are people who have no experience with church whatsoever, and they are really, really curious about what it's like to be in this building, because the only thing they've ever known about church is from what they've seen in various storytelling media or a friend of a friend or, or something like that. Those people have no idea what they're in for and asking them questions lets them know that I really just, I want to know about you. I care about you. I want to play this game with you. It gives that moment of contact that isn't about making, you know, getting them into the building, whether they ever set foot in that, in that church again, you want to have this moment, this first interaction they have with somebody who is identified as church folk to be a good one. And then another prominent group of people that come to this event that aren't part of your fellowship are people who have been burned by the church, whether it's through a family member who is, is very religious or it's because of, of certain things that they hold to, whether it's, it's lifestyle decisions or even playing these games. I still get people who, who come to me saying that, they have family members who would throw a fit if they knew that they were playing Dungeons and Dragons because they can, they're convinced it's evil. So I'm going to not share a lot of the stories that those people have shared with me. They're not my stories to tell. And if you get to know me through the course of this convention, if we get to play a game together, if you ever think of, of, exploring any of the stuff that I've ever created, you know that I have a high value of a person's story. I will tell you this. I have absorbed so many stories of so much pain and so much hurt, so much betrayal and darkness perpetrated by people in the church to people who, who honestly hold that against God. And if there's anything I want to do here, it's make sure that 
that never happens again to them. At least as far as I can can change that. I want them to have a moment of finding out who God is. Not my hang-ups. I want them to realize who God is and what he does, how he cares for them. See, ultimately, I, I don't have any like point-by-point point as far as what to tell you about how to do this ministry because so much of it relies on who walks through your door. Each one of these people has a different story, a unique story that will need to be addressed in a unique way. All I can tell you to do is to listen, to hear those stories, to invite people to share your to share their stories and not to do so with, you know, waiting to to lunge on them and say, "Well, I don't think that's how this should be or you should really stop that or this is what God says about that." You literally just listen and be thankful that they are sharing portion of who they are with you, that they are known without attachments, that they are loved without any kind of prerequisite, that in this moment, in this place, this is a permissive, accepting, and inclusive fellowship. We will take time to figure out what God might want to change in them later. I know God's still changing stuff in me, and I've been doing this for years. I've been a Christian for decades. I've served in ministry in this, this capacity for years, and I'm still learning. And I'm still changing. So let's give these people the space to just enjoy some play together to build something that we might be able to just put a little seed in in that illustration from the bible the idea that you know some plant some water and some harvest the ministry that gaming occupies is none of those more often than not. Again, God could do what he wants. The vast majority of what you're doing in this space is plowing the ground that is often dead and fallow and hard. You are plowing hard ground that is scorched so that somebody else down the road might have a chance to plant a seed. Even if that is you, that's going to happen down the road. Not here, not on game night. It's going to happen somewhere later on. In this space, in this time, we are just getting to know each other. We are sharing our stories. We are hearing stories. We are engaging each other's hurts. We are celebrating each other's victories. We are together in this space. 
And that is enough. This, this concept, this idea of, of we're not here to talk to you about what is right and wrong about what you think, what is right or wrong about the way you choose to live, what is right or wrong about any of that. Creating this safe space that people can be who they want to be, even in an environment that they might not think of as safe, to intentionally create that space where we're not going to talk about that right now unless you want to get into it. And even then, we're going to do it with humility and grace. Creating that space allows people the freedom to share themselves without fear of retribution. They, they can tell stories that they wouldn't tell in a church otherwise. They can tell stories that they wouldn't tell to anybody who would label themselves as a devout Christian. They will tell stories that they are terrified of telling even if they themselves share your faith. They might still be a little scared to tell certain things because it could easily get them burned. Giving this place where we are all just there to play and learn and talk and share stories. When that door is open and no expectations are put on it, you will be able to have conversations that you will not have other places. The value is on that person. The value is there regardless of whether they have ticked a certain box or not, whether they have not been or said or thought things that you're against whether or not they have signed on to be part of your team or not. One of the, the challenges that I will often give to people is what happens if a person never comes to faith in Christ? How long do you still stay with them? In this gaming space, you have to realize this is not the time to see thousands of people come to Jesus. This is a time when you see each person that comes through your door as made in the image of God, regardless of what they think, what they do, or what they look like. Creating this space not only lets those people feel valued in a space that they probably think they are not valued in. It also allows people that are in your church the freedom to hear from different people, whether that's people from different faiths entirely, whether it's people who are not of any faith, whether it's people who are from different parts of the Christian family. Because my goodness, if you want to see some really cool stuff happening in the gaming space, open it up to a bunch of people from different churches and watch them all play together until somebody decides they want to have the theological throwdown. But... <laughs> 
man, I have seen so many people learn so much. I have learned so much from interacting with people from different traditions than my own. And there, I, I've been able to see as God has used me to impact others and have used others to impact me to grow my faith, to, to see faith happen in somebody who otherwise thought that, that there was not a space for it. I have seen all of that happen because we have taken this moment and set it aside to, to just hear stories and have fun together. So, what are the challenges? Because there are challenges. I've often told people who, when I say I want to run games as ministry, there's a lot of people who want to sign up for that. And I always remind them, this is the hardest you will work having fun. Because it will demand something of you. It will demand uh, not so many tangible things, but more a part of who you are. (laughs) And I, I don't want to, I don't want to make that sound too ominous, but, but that's what ministry is. Ministry takes who a part of who you are and, and really just takes, takes hold of that and gives it to somebody else. In this space, in an open table that does not demand anything of someone that, that wants somebody to be there regardless of who they are. You have to be willing to be in this for the long haul. It's so much nicer to give the quick hit gospel presentation, nail down your particular set of verses that you love to go to, and just get people to the understanding of who God is real quick. Because then you'll either know or you don't know, and it's really easy. This space isn't that, at least not the majority of it. This space is I'm going to spend years getting to know you. I'm going to spend years letting you know that I care about you. And I'm going to spend years watching as our stories intertwine because I want you to know that you are loved. I want you to know that when everybody else is throwing you on the street, you have a home here. That there is somebody who will listen, there is somebody who will care. And ultimately, I really hope that you will realize that that someone is God. And I will pray towards that end. And I will, I will make sure that you know that, that I want you to know who God is. whether you see God or not, I want it to be me. I want you to know that I'm there and I will continue to point you to God until you see him. This is not a quick hit. This is not a, a show up on a, a Friday night and then say job done. This kind of ministry is long but it's also beautiful you have to be willing to share yourself that's the other challenge this is not you can't rely on a set message 
you have to be willing to share God and what he's doing in your life. You have to be willing to share the ugly parts as well as the, the nice parts, the encouraging parts. You have to be willing to step into all the ugliness of somebody's life and welcome them into yours. And that is super hard for a lot of people. I'm still learning how to do that well. I will always be learning how to do that well. But it's part of what this is. Because everything is built on this relationship. This is from, as I've mentioned from the very beginning, everything is about that openness with each other. To know and be known. You have to be willing to put yourself out there in a profound way. Not necessarily with everyone, but with those you have built that relationship with. To walk with them. Fall with them. Laugh with them. Scrape knees and bleed with them. That's not for everyone. But I will also tell you there, there has been no more rewarding thing that I have done in my life than to be in that space with somebody else. And lastly, my challenge that I will point out is, is a profound challenge. And it's why it's why I think this particular aspect of gaming ministry is so crucial. And it's also the hardest part, but it's also the most straightforward in this type of ministry above all other types of ministry. For the open table to work, you have to trust that God is doing the work because you won't be. You cannot rely on your program to get somebody to Jesus. You cannot rely on somebody's teaching ability to get somebody to Jesus. You cannot rely on any of the things that we normally rely on to convince somebody that God is there, to convince somebody that he's worth following, you can't rely on any of it because it's not there. You literally have to just listen and love and care. Your ministry is just that. You are ministering to these people. You are not waiting for your turn to share the gospel. You can claim nothing in their life change. And that, theologically, I know that most of us who do ministry hold to that. But I also know that most of the people I've talked to who do ministry also realize that we try to do this with so much programming. We try to do Bible studies and, you know, all sorts of groups. I've been in so many different church meetings where I say, can we have one thing that meets regularly that isn't about a teachable moment that we can just be people together. We program so many studies and so many things built around teaching because we think that all we have to do is educate them. So they see God 
And I'm telling you, there are people who have come through my door who know the Bible almost better than I do, who don't believe it. It is not anything that you can do to change them. Only God can do that. It is the hardest part of the open table. It is the hardest part of stepping into the awkward tension of spending so much of yourself and and your energy and your time cracking open your chest to share the deepest hurts you have in your life with people who you may or may not even kind of agree with, some people who might even make you angry. But to hear those stories, to feel their pain, to share their joy, to get over all your nonsense that would block you from knowing them, to play a game and to smile, or even in those games that aren't designed to be quote-unquote fun, but are compelling, to step into those stories even and have those painful moments of silence together. That is what ministry looks like. That is what the open table is. And that is something that gaming ministry is profoundly and uniquely capable of doing. You just have to be willing to open your table. And as long as somebody wants to be there, they need to know. And you need to show them that they have a seat there. There is a lot of more con after this. There is a lot of open tabletop gaming that is happening in this track. I'm going to be back tomorrow to share another little little video with you guys. And I hope you come back for that. I hope that this has been meaningful to you. And I will definitely be around to answer questions, interact with you with you about all this stuff. There are certain things that I won't share publicly in this kind of forum. But if you message me privately, I will, I will tell you more stories. I will tell you more stuff uh, that I can do in that format that I can't in others. And uh, I really hope you have a, an amazing time. And I will hopefully see you later.